just the Birkenheads. From where they stood, beside the cold creek in the mellow morning sun, they could see the sagging wires stumble southward, up the tawny bench to the long coolies beyond, and finally vanish into the rising mass of the little snowies, dark forested on the horizon. It amused him suddenly. He had a way of discovering humor in the very things that have enraged men who hadn't taken so many lickings. I think our good bunch grass was more temptation than all those pillars of rectitude could endure, he joked. Missy stared at him somberly, unable to cope with his peculiar humor, which seemed so desperately wrong. On Quinn's side of the fence, the grass stabbed upward, tall and rank, drought cured in the waxing June sun. On the Birkenhead side, open range, it had been gnawed down to the roots, and some clumps had been torn out entirely, roots and all. An ominous growth of silvery sagebrush lacerated the hills where the grandma grasses had surrendered. Let me show you something, honey, Quinn said as he eased stiffly off his blood bay in the manner of a man approaching fifty. The fourteen-year-old girl slipped gracefully off her mare and joined him as he stalked across the line into the naked land beyond the wire. The two were as unalike as could be. The man was slender and above average height, while the girl was short and wide-boned. The man had a fine oval face that revealed the refinement of generations of Beacon Hill breeding. The girl had strong Slavic cheekbones, wiry blonde hair, smoky eyes, a formless nose, which all melted into a winsome hole on the rare occasions when she smiled. The man had a high aquiline nose, cobalt eyes that peered intelligently from under the untrimmed gray shrubbery of his brows, and he was fast becoming bald, so that his gray-streaked hair covered only the back of his skull, and sunburned skin with liver spots marched up his high forehead. He selected a forlorn tuft of clipped-off buffalo grass and gouged around it with his jackknife until he was able to lift it from the hard pan with its roots intact. When the bunch grass gets chewed over like this again and again, he explained quietly, the root system shrinks up, and it doesn't reach down to where the moisture is in a drought like this. He beat the clump gently until the brittle clay crumbled away, revealing a thin root network only a few inches deep. The struggling clump was lifeless and sere. No water had vivified it since the snow had melted in early March. He raced back to his side and selected a clump that the influx of longhorns hadn't touched. It was not as brown as its neighbors. Some silvery green remained round the bottoms of the high leaves. Quinn sliced carefully through the hot earth, digging deeper until he was able to pry out the whole clump. But in spite of his care, he left root behind as he lifted, root that pierced on down a couple of feet. The healthy grass made its own case for the girl, and she examined it silently. Quinn was perfectly familiar with Missy's silences. He knew she was absorbing all that he was teaching her. She was always quiet when she was afraid, as she was now, with that haunted look in her gray eyes. He wished desperately that he could heal that ancient memory inside her. "'Learn all you can about the grasses, Missy,' he advised, rising stiffly. Because all this will be yours some day, and you'll have to know. No, it won't, 
We won't have any ranch, she replied darkly. That irritated Quinn. She had always been a doomsayer, a little pessimist, and her gloominess about things never squared very well with reality. If you get to believing that only bad things will happen to you, then that's how your life will work out, he remonstrated gently. Just a lot of unnecessary pain and grief. You've got to have hope, Missy, a hope that says you're not alone in the world. She seemed to retreat even deeper into herself. Well, there's no escaping trouble when it comes, he sighed, sliding a hand across his sunburned baldness. Do you want to go? Eighteen miles of hard riding. You could turn back if you want. I'll go. We'll be late getting home. I'll go. He peered intensely at her from under the bushy gray mastiffs of his brow.